Welcome to episode 46 of the Amanda Wagner podcast. Today, we are setting things on fire. LP is in the background producing this brilliant episode, and it focuses on myself and, most importantly, Amelia Nash, who is a designer, a brand expert, and who in the last year left her design job, started freelancing, and created her own company and is now in New York City completing a Masters of Brand program with the famed Debbie Millman. Amelia agreed to let me air this powerful coaching session. And what was really cool about it is that she booked an hour with me and we went into this strategy coaching hour completely authentically. And finally, at the end, I said to her, is there any way you would let me air this? because it is so good. Not only is this a highlight into the amazing things that Amelia is doing, but for all of you eavesdroppers out there who think, what is coaching really about? What does Amanda mean when she says book a strategy session? You get to see exactly what it is like in my Zoom room. In this session, We split it into two pieces for the podcast, and there are some big questions that come out. Amelia asks the brilliant question, I don't know how to be uncomfortable in my unstoppableness. How do I do that? She also questions, what could have happened if I really leaned into my ambition and trusted it at 21 years old? And how her biggest frustration is that she listened to what other people said about her. For the next two episodes, you are going to get a front row seat into Amelia and my one-on-one strategy and coaching session. And you are going to see the power of what can happen in this room. Now, LP got to put that little explicit sign on the podcast because yes, This is a time for earmuffs. If you have littles around, we definitely get feisty. There are words up to and including the F word. It gets really intense. And for those of you who think, oh, I was curious about working with Amanda, but that intensity is not for me. You'll see how Amelia and I connect and how I really tailor what I'm doing to what she needs. This episode is all about lighting things on fire. I cannot wait to hear what you think of it. I am going to ask some great questions when we wrap up the episode that make you think. I want you to see if you see any of this big ambition that Amelia has in yourself and how we can channel it. To start off this episode, Amelia and I had a probably 10 minute conversation leading up where she talked about some of the details of her living in New York, some of her instructors. We cut that part out and we got straight to the guts. So the first voice you're going to hear is Amelia and the conversation will flow very naturally. So please get excited, get your popcorn. This is dream eavesdropping on what happens in this Zoom room. Take it away, Amelia. I, I'm excited and curious and driven to know why I'm here, right? Where the first, there's a, there's been that switch where the first couple of weeks I was like fear-based, anxiety-based, fraud-based, questioning, why am I like, why, like, what do they see in me? You know, like, 
why am I here? But now I'm like, oh, I can't, like, I'm determined to figure out why I'm here, you know, like I'm excited to figure it out. And it's like, okay, I, I know I belong here. And now I'm just curious to like create that, like that distinction for myself, you know, where it's like, this is why I'm here because this is what I'm good at. But yeah. So it's just being. That's a phenomenal transformation, right? <laughs> to ask the question, why am I here? And to have fear-based from feeling like an imposter anxiety to why am I here? I know I'm in the right place. And yet my part of the task I'm setting for myself is to be curious and figure out why. Because my first question to you in hearing where you were in the first couple of weeks was going to be to say, if this is what's happening, like if this is the experience that you are having while you are feeling like an imposter, what could the experience be like? if you trusted that you were in the right place, if you yeah. actually believe Debbie Millman, when she said you were picked, you earned your place, it's time to experiment. What could you yeah. do? What opportunities would exist if you believed that? Yeah. I just like, I'm, it's, it's, it's a challenge too, because I'm starting to feel like unstoppable. Why is that a challenge? Cause I want it. I always don't, I, I always have that like prickle in the back of my mind where it's like, Oh, I don't want to be, you know, too cocky or too confident or difficult to work with. Right. Like there's always that little prickle. Are those in the things back synonymous? Is be, being cocky, being confident and difficult to work with. Is that all the same person? I guess not. I just, I don't know yet how, I guess, I don't know how to be comfortable in my unstoppableness, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know yet how to own it. And I know that's what I have to work on, where it's like, like Debbie, right? Like Brett, like everybody else that teaches these programs, the, the, the classmates that I have, right? Like Debbie is unapologetic in who she is you know and she has that she's comfortable in her unstoppableness and that's that's what I I I I need to like find that balance between being uncomfortable and curious and learning and growing and sponging and then applying that to being comfortable with digging deep and being unstoppable and like being who I am and, and like owning it, you know? So that's the thing where it's like, I'm like, that's the next kind of phase I think where I'm like, okay, like, yes, you're realizing you, you, you deserve to be here. You're realizing like, this is your place. This is where you're meant to be. Now we got to like own it. Right. So. And I think there's a, like a logic jump that I'm not seeing yet that I I want your brain to play with, which is confidence does not equal difficult to work with. And I'm curious to know where or with whom you've seen that modeled that you think those two things happen together. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just ruined me I've realized those bastards but I've just realized that like 
with, even with like, when I worked with the architects so many years before, like working with them, working with working with just recently, like those moments where, like where I was, you know, myself in the sense of being like, this is how we need to tackle this. This is how we need to move forward. This is like asking questions and posing logical next steps. Being confident in my knowledge right. was then met with, you ask too many questions, you, you're difficult to work with, you're, why are you so resistant to these things? Right. Shut up and do your job. Right. Right. So in pre, it came out in previous positions where when you were confident and were asking questions and were curious, that became labeled as I'm difficult. Where in this program, in this circumstances with these people being confident and asking questions and your Wall Street Journal analysis is actually getting you validation. Yeah. It's a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. Weird. What other words would you use to describe Debbie and Brett? Oh my God. Just, yeah, like, like powerful, electric, um, confident, intelligent. Doesn't like, that's more than one word, but like, just doesn't take shit from unknowledgeable, unintelligent people. Like, yeah, unapologetic in, in, in who they are, um, commands, commanding in the sense of like, they can command a presence and, and attention when they walk in the room, mm-hmm. they're inquisitive, they're mm-hmm. kind, mm-hmm. they're just, you just want to be around them. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to list these words that you've used because I want to know which ones of these do you think you already demonstrate? (laughs) I saw the bar face, (laughs) bold, (laughs) comfortable, unapologetic, powerful, electric, confident, doesn't take shit. <laughs> Commanding. Has a presence. Intelligent, inquisitive, and kind. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Inquisitive yeah. gets a hell yeah. Yeah. I am nothing but curious. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm kind. Yeah. I definitely. And confidence is such a weird one because I definitely think I portray confidence I definitely like I'm not I'm not afraid to ask those questions I'm not afraid to 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 learn and grow and put myself in those positions but internally I don't feel confident necessarily right like internally I still feel like hesitant at times or overthinking things or ooh, if I say this what will they think am I being annoying Am I asking too many questions? You know, so. So this, you're saying I, I can feel these things. I can imagine myself acting in this way, but first I have to put it through a level of second guessing and wondering, yes. 
is oh. something wrong with me because I'm feeling confident? Mm. Am I going to get burned if I feel commanding and demand a presence? Yeah. Because historically that's what's happened. Yep. How did, I mean, Debbie clearly is, is a model, is a, an inspiration and in your program, a mentor. How did she get there? I, I don't know the technicality of it. All I know is that she just pushed, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't like take no for an answer. She didn't let other people create that validation for her, right? Where she was like, you know, understood kind of where she wanted to go and was just relentless in that pursuit, right? And the thing too is like, she's she's funny because she still says like, I mean, she's like, everyone deals with imposter syndrome all the time. She's like, it doesn't matter. She's like, I deal, deal with it on a weekly basis too. She's like, you know, she has a book coming out in November and it's like pre-ordered and everyone's very excited to get it. And she, you know, it's had a couple reviews already. And, and she's like, she's like, terrifying she's like terrifying but she still does it right right so she doesn't like doing it anyway not to sound like a lululemon reusable bag but feel the fear and do it anyway (laughs) so even this person who you look up to and admire still feels these things yeah the challenge i think in in our cases us being like ambitious humans who want more is which wins Am I letting the self-doubt win? Am I letting the imposter win? Or am I publishing the book knowing that I'm going to feel like an imposter sometimes? Knowing that sometimes I'm going to get a review or a critique or someone's going to tell me no. And I'm going to decide to be bold, comfortable, unapologetic, powerful, electric, relentless anyways. Yeah. Because I want to believe that in 15 years, it'll just go away. Mm. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Yeah. Right, on my 40th birthday, all of a sudden I really just don't care what other people think. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Odds of that happening? There we go, a big old zero, especially for people who want more. Yeah. Because I, at 40, you're also not going to go, I'm done. I've done enough. <laughs> we talked about this last time and, and it's always on my mind when I think of you facing this idea. Cause I, I went through this in very similar timing that you are this month going, what if I am one in a million? Hell Yeah. Like, maybe that's okay. The things that we want feel big and scary because not everybody does them. But what if for a second I trusted, I let myself be cocky, be confident, whatever the the value judgment we place on those words, and instead go, what if I'm one in a million? Maybe that's okay. What is that doing to you? You you clutched your pearls there. Clutch my pearls. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, 
it, it was like the moment you said those words, my brain was just screaming at me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, where I'm just so annoyed at like past traumas mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking like weighing me down now. Right. Where I'm like, screw you past trauma. I am not going to let you dictate anymore right like I'm tired of having to be somebody else for everybody else because they don't understand me at my level you know Mm -hmm. where it's like now I'm in an environment where people fucking get it Mm -hmm. right where it's like I can go back to the you know the architects and I can go back to I can go back to these places and be like I fucking told you so right 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 I fucking told you so. And how dare you put this doubt in myself mm-hmm. when I was right all along, mm-hmm. you know? Two things coming up for me. Number one, the, the best revenge is living well. God, what bullshit. Sounds really nice, but fuck that noise. Um, somebody <laughs> once told me that the best revenge is forgetting how much something used to matter to you. Mm-hmm. So like forgetting how much the feedback from your boss crippled you and held you back. Yeah. doesn't matter. So thought number one is, is really looking at that and going, I, I probably won't go back to and say you were wrong, but I could, and I would be right. <laughs> yeah. Part of me would love to get to the point where, yeah, I'm like, you know, refreshing and flipping businesses in the branding world and like big name. And I would, I am relishing the day that email comes through from them being like, Hey, could we hire you to come do a talk for our, our C-suite? Yeah. Relishing that day. hundred percent. I feel yeah. it. I, I get it. Yeah. And when you send the price tag that is <laughs> seemingly insane. Yeah. And you go, I'm Amelia fucking Nash. That's <laughs> what it costs. Hell yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so there's that piece. The second piece, again, we're, we're playing with this in the same, same time. When will you have paid yourself doubt dues? Mm, what do you mean? How much longer do you need to engage in self doubt oh. and second guessing? For you to say, okay, I've done that enough. Now I can believe in what I'm doing. Now I can trust what I'm doing. Or have you paid enough? Oh man, I feel like I've paid enough. I feel like January, 2020, I paid enough. Okay. January, 2020 was that, that linchpin moment where I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm, I'm, I'm done. What happened you know, in January, 2020? That was when I had that, that meeting with my boss at who said that I was difficult to work with. And that's when I was like, fuck this, mm-hmm. you know? And that was the meeting where I was totally blindsided by it. Right. Because it's like, I was hosting lunch and learns and I was putting like everything into my job there, you know? And then 
that was the moment when I was like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, and then, yeah, a couple months later, you and I started working together and then obviously the rest is history, but it was like, I feel like, I feel like I've fucking paid my dues, you know, like I'm, I've done nothing but self-doubt for the past decade of my life, Right. (laughs) you know, and now I'm like trying to, I feel like I'm in like quicksand and I'm trying to pull myself out. I know I'm in quicksand. I know how to like hypothetically, theoretically get out of the quicksand, but trying to get out of it is a lot harder. What you know? is the quicksand? I think just the, the self-doubt and the people pleasing and the negativity and that kind of stuff, right? The, everything that's trying to drag me down and sink me and is everything that I'm fighting, fighting against, right? So and it's like, and it's funny because I feel like before I was kind of just laying there in the quicksand, you know, just being like, okay. This is it what it is. I this guess is I just is. have to lay here. I'll wait for someone to rescue me. Exactly. It won't swallow me if I don't move. Mm-hmm. Right. But now I'm like, nobody's coming to rescue me. I got to rescue myself. And this is how I get out. And then, you know. Let's go back to this for a second. You, you are just having beautiful moments here. This is so smart. It won't swallow me if I don't move. How long do you think in your past did you stop moving? Honestly, my biggest, my biggest, okay, I don't even want to, I don't want to say regret. I don't like the word regret because I feel like life happens as it's meant to. You know, we're here today because of choices I've made in the past. So I don't regret anything, but I don't know what a synonym to that is like annoyance, I guess. I don't know. My biggest life annoyance is that I listened to too many people bringing me down in my early twenties. I feel like if I had known then what I know now, if I had had this burgeoning confidence when I was 21 rather than 31, I feel like, again, it's going to be so fucking cocky, but I feel like I could have been the next like Rihanna in a sense, you know, I could be 31 right now commanding an empire of who knows what, because for 10 years, I let what other people say about, I believed what other people said about me and I let it dictate mm-hmm. my trajectory where I'm like, if, if I had just been self-assured and had more confidence in myself and my abilities and my ambition, if I had just trusted my ambition more when I was 21, I feel like I would be already moving mountains, you know? And now I feel like instead I'm trying to move through this 10 year hump, so to speak, you know, I'm trying to understand and break that apart and, and deal with those things so that I can move ahead more efficiently now, you know? And and, and I've said this to TJ a bunch of times too, where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, that's my biggest frustration. That's the word. My biggest frustration in life with myself 
is that I listened to what people said about me that I should have never, that I should never have listened to, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of it, unfortunately, comes from the parenting of my mother, <laughs> which, you know, we can't choose our parents. It's fine. But that's the biggest thing where I'm like, if I, if I do have kids one day, mm-hmm. that is the biggest thing that those children are going to believe is in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them from day number one, even if I don't think something's a good idea, if you feel it in your gut, fuck mm-hmm. what I say. Mm-hmm. You do you, man prove me wrong like and part of it is saying it but I think the bigger piece is is demonstrating it and proving it because that's also who you are yes there are certain things that our parents tell us that sound great but if they're not doing it it's really hard to believe it yeah you have to be genuine in it too right right yeah there's there's modeling that has to happen there yeah I'm curious and I believe, I mean, Rihanna is a real person who has had empire building success at a very young age. And she is not the only one. And I believe that people can do it. Do you think there is any, I don't want to use the advantage, the word advantage, but do you think there is anything in the last 10 years that happened that has set you up to be here now? Oh yeah. I mean, bar none, there's the fact that I'm here now, right? I didn't succumb to, I didn't settle, you know, because no, I'm not know, a settler. No, that's just not in my nature. So no. I think my life could have been very different if I was a settler in that sense. Right. I think that if, if I didn't keep that, like the coals burning inside, mm-hmm right? Like if I didn't deep, deep down locked away in my gut, no, that I'm like, no, like, yeah, they're, they're telling you, you're not good enough. They're telling you this, they're saying that they're, they're questioning everything you do, but like, just deep down, I knew I'm like, but there's, there's something there, you know? So I think that if I would have let that flame get stamped out completely, I feel like I would probably still, still be working like a job I'd probably be married with like a kid or something right now and I'd probably be fucking miserable because I settled right you know so there's there's something to be said for even in these years where you were at this job and you were not just not validated but frankly invalidated and told (laughs) that you're wrong and told that you're difficult bastards (laughs) bastards yeah of course there's something to be said for even throughout that your pilot light never went out. Yeah. Right. Like I think about barbecues and gas, like that pilot light is always going. It is. Yes. The difference between now and 10, five, two years ago is that now you're pouring gasoline on it. Heck yes. I'm ready to blow this house up. Right. Fuck that pilot light, man. I'm burning this shit to the ground. (laughs) But yeah, so like, that's the thing where I think that's, that's again like you you can't you can't choose the kind of life and environment you're born into you can just Mm -hmm. choose what you do with it and I think that thankfully again because probably I'm stubborn but also because I do have I do have self-belief you know like I do believe in myself I always have it's just being harder to 
I think harder to understand it, harder to use it mm-hmm. because of the constant, it was a tool I had that was never fostered, right? It's a tool I have that I've had to learn how to use myself. And it's taken me 10 years to learn how to use it, where I feel like now, because of everything that I've gone through in these last 10 years, and because of the way my path has weaved, and like, even like when I had that epiphany, like before you and I met earlier this month, where I'm like, these things I had to go through to learn how to use this tool I have, you know, I had to go through these things because nobody taught me. I had to teach myself. And now I'm in this position where I'm like, I don't have to spend another 10 years figuring this shit out. I am like, okay, let's like, let's fucking do this, you know? And that started January, 2020 when, yeah, the pilot light was on. And then, you know, we started to ignite, you know, we started to ignite and then working with you, it was like, okay, we're fucking turning this shit on to a hundred. Like, right. (laughs) Yeah. And when we first talked, this was before you quit your job, you were like, I cannot go on like this. The cost is too high. Mm -hmm. This is not worth it. So I, I hear your like, if I don't move, it won't swallow me. If I don't move in the quicksand, the self-doubt, the fear, the imposter complex, all of these pieces all just sit and wait. And yet you made a choice to get out of it. Yeah. You made a choice. You took a risk. And so now I look at this and I'm like, let's stop dropping quarters in the self-doubt dues jar. (laughs) There's not room for it. Like this shit is too good. Yes. 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 So now I'm like, and like the thing too, is I think I was always, I always had in my brain where I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm going to be like successful career and white picket fence, like at 25, you know, like we always, we all have that like ridiculous (laughs) belief of like, like ageism and what age you need to be successful at. So I think that inhibited me a little bit too because it's like I turned 30 wow I'm in I'm geriatric right like I turned (laughs) 30 so so stupid I turned 30 and it was like before that I think when I was like I don't know 30 is a weird thing because like I, I felt like when I was 29 I felt like even more of a failure because I hadn't achieved anything that I thought that I should have by that age and then I turned 30 and I was like fuck it (laughs) like who gives a fuck what does it matter you know what should you have achieved by 30 I just felt like I should have had I mean because I I only got my like degree when I was 28 so I felt like I should have had a degree a job like a career I felt like I should have been more having more influence and impact and um you know a house a husband, maybe a kid. I don't know. Like there's all these, the, 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 you know, white, like, again, the white picket fence, the American dream stereotype of like where you should be at certain ages and stuff. And then, and then it's like, and then I was thinking, you know, obviously then I turned 30 and then it's like, I go full-time freelance and then everything explodes, right? Mm -hmm. Like this past year. Also, also you want to know something wild? Yes. So this date last year, I was still working it last year. The 30th was my last day. It was your last day. So tomorrow, a year ago would have been my last day. 
October 1st would have been my first time, my first day freelance. A year, Amelia. A year, right? Like what has happened in a year? Again, I was talking to someone about you yesterday and, and doing the timeline of like, when did I start working with her? And remembering the day that you, you sent me a video. It is of you and TJ dancing. And you said, I quit my job. Uh-huh. And, and I, I cried because that's who I am. I sent flowers because that's who I am. And I knew what a big deal this was. And now yeah. a year later, so, so I'm trying to contrast this because you're going like, I don't regret, but I'm frustrated that it took me 10 years. I'm like, it took you 10 years to get to a place where you lit shit on fire for the last year. So there's something to be said for like, maybe it took 10 years to get you frustrated, annoyed, doubting, pissed off so that in one year you could make these drastic, huge life changes, quit your job, start freelancing, start a master's in brand program with one, if not five of your idols that I'm hearing now that they intentionally chose you for. Oh my God. And now they're like asking you to speak in front of the class. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I struggle so much with the phrase of it takes 10 years to become an overnight success because you and I are impatient people and don't Very. want it to take 10 years. And yet maybe that 10 years had to happen to get you to a place where you're now going, put me in coach, I'm ready. I don't have time to Yes. Wait. And that is, oh my gosh. And that is exactly that where it's like, I had to literally look at that trajectory where I'm like, holy shit, this time last year was like, yeah, like my last couple days of, and then full-time freelance, which was nonstop until I left for this master's. Yeah. You know? So it's like, and so then that gets me excited because I'm like, look at everything I was able to do in a year. Oh yeah. Right. Where now I'm like, year. okay. A what year. can I do in the next year? What can I do as I complete this program and have all these fascinating people and connections? I'm just like, it's so funny because I, again, I've just started this program. You know what I mean? But yeah. I cannot wait for it to end in the sense of, I am so excited to learn and grow and then apply this shit. I am so excited to network and meet the people that I'm going to be meeting this year to yeah, stand up and like, not only claim my space at this table, but fucking grab a plate, grab a bottle of wine, grab my cutlery, cut that shit chicken. And like, fucking, you know, like I'm ready to eat. (laughs) Yes. I'm not just sitting at the table. Anymore. I'm not I'm sitting at the table. I'm not going to politely take a glass of wine. Right. And I like, am digging yeah. in. Yeah. yeah. I'm shoving my face full. Right. Yes. Like good. So because that so, table needs people like you and that table isn't for everyone. Oh, I can't understand how people I, uh, yeah, I finish that thought. I can't understand why people don't choose or want or ignite their ambition. You're probably still surrounded by other people who may not be doing what you're doing. And I know you're part of a 
a group chat. I know many people are part of Slack channels. What has that been like for you to see people who are where you were a year ago and not making any changes? For the past year, it's been the exact same. Same complaints, all of them sitting in there bitching about it. Um, and I've, oh, I've said every single time, I'm like, you guys need to quit. Right. Right. Like if you, like nothing has changed, it's getting worse. Okay. You're not happy there. Why are you settling? Mm-hmm. Fucking quit. You know, but it's like, they, they don't, they just sit there and continue to, to revel in the anguish of it. And it's just like, you know, and then, and then one of them, cause they were like, you know, complaining about something I had like 200 notifications on my my phone and then I went in there and I was like reading through it I'm like guys I'm like this is the same shit yeah shut up or get out you gotta make a choice Mm -hmm. you know and and then like one of them was like oh like how's New York and I was like New York's fucking awesome (laughs) I'm like I love it here I am so happy I'm not in Edmonton in this is the greatest and then nobody said anything (laughs) after that and I was like it was one of those things where I'm like like I don't need I don't need this yeah so like part of me is like oh do I like I should just leave this group and like delete this group doesn't sound like it's doing you much good in the good good that it used to do because I I know about this group and let's say three months, six months after you left, it was a good reminder of why I left. It doesn't sound like you need that reminder anymore. And as far as how do people just settle? How are people not lighting things on fire and like harnessing their ambition? I wish I knew the answer to that. I don't, I also don't get it. And yet what I think about is I'm like more room for me yeah (laughs) if this is one in a million then then good thing that other good news that other people don't want all of this because in the beautiful words of that poster that I cherish I want it all I want it now (laughs) yes yeah thanks for making space for me yeah yeah so I think I think and it's weird because I think there's like a little bit of a right like reverse psychology in that sense too where that in itself always made me feel like an outlier too, because I was, I've always been like this. Like that is one thing my mother can definitely attest to. She's like, Mm -hmm. you've always beat to your own fucking drum. And so I think that contributed to my feelings of difference as well, where I'm like, nobody else is doing what I want to do. Nobody else is talking about it. Nobody else is, is, is like this. Right. You know, and I didn't realize that I just needed to find my people. Yeah. Right. Where instead I chose to settle and not be myself and just and, whatever. And participate in the bitching. Be like, oh yeah, oh. this does suck. All yeah. while knowing that for three months you pl- you were planning your exit. And you're sitting a year later now going, why aren't any of you planning your exit? You know, there's life beyond this. Yeah. That's not how the average person seems to think or operate. And while they're here bitching and complaining about the job that they're never going to leave, you're here going, Drake, phone me. I'm ready. Let's do a huge rebrand. Let's light your shit on fire. I'm the person for it. I know. 
I know how Ooh. you feel about Drake. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I'm literally, oh, need a moment. Yeah, stay, <laughs> compose yourself. <laughs> I literally, I'm going to say those exact words to that man one day. Like, I am here. I am ready. Let's light this shit on fire. Like, are you ready to make OVO the biggest brand in the world? Let's fucking do this. You heard it here first, September 29th, 2021. Let us know when when you and Drake are having that conversation. Yes. Fuck. See? Like, fuck, let's do this. Yeah, I know. Now That's the impatience, right? That's the piece that it's no longer... I, I'm just not going to move the quicksand won't follow me. It's now I actually, like, I see you self-doubt and I don't have time for you. Have you read Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic? I love that. Right. Go back and read the section about how fear can come with me on the road trip. Yeah. But it doesn't get any of the important jobs. You can sit in the back seat, but you don't get to change the radio station. You don't get to tell me the directions. You don't even get to choose the music. Mm-hmm. like I really like to be here but I'm not letting yeah. you make choices anymore you're not driving I'm not driving <laughs> you're not driving no no I love that book I also love um Brene Brown's Braiding the Wilderness oh I haven't read that one okay done read it done read it okay um I didn't bring it with me so Ooh. I can get TJ to even bring it to you if you want Don't to. Don't worry. It. I will. I destroy books. I like write all over them. So, oh, okay. Well, mine already is. <laughs> like the cover is literally falling off of it. But if you want it, you can. We'll each need it. our own copies so that when we're hanging out with Brene Brown, she'll sign them. When we're with Brene Brown and Drake and Oprah and Rihanna, we'll have this conversation. Fuck <sighs> yeah. No, when they're with us. Oh, look at you go. When they're with us. Yes. That's fucking right. When they're looking for a seat at our potluck. Yes. That's why it became a potluck. It sounds way less <laughs> fancy now, but. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's a potluck. It is a potluck. Everyone's bringing something to the table, right? So, but yeah, no, like that. So that's the thing where I'm like, now, now I feel like by 20 to 30, was like that learning, that growth, that coming into my own where now I'm like, okay, 30 to 35, Mm. like there's no excuse. There's no reason. There's no chains withholding whatever. Right now I'm very adamant where I'm like, okay, by the time I'm 35 years old in three and a half years, (laughs) like, I'm like, I like the, like literally the world is my oyster. If I can achieve what I've achieved in this one year. Yes. Yes. So maybe it took 10 years to get here. Yeah. So what? Already you have shrunk the time constraints. You're like, okay, 20 to 30, but now 30 to 35. I think it's very interesting that you didn't say 30 to 40 because people like us aren't willing to wait 10 years. No, I don't want to get this show on the road. Speed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, again, there's no reason why the time that I'm 35 years old, I can't be running my own known studio or doing my consulting one-on-one vis-a-vis with these companies. Like there's no, 
there's no reason like there's like literally I'm trying to think of like okay what could be some barriers as to why you could not be where you want to be at 35 and I'm like let's go there what are the barriers there's fucking no barriers there's no barriers right I'm gonna be fully friggin' educated right I'm gonna have my master's in branding yes one of around 300 in the world 300 people in the world who have this designation from the only master's in branding program yes in the world yeah right like bar none I'm already gonna have something that's 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 kind of elusive kind of exclusive I I have this very specific education when it comes to this stuff I'm one of 300 yes in the world right and I'm one that's going to eat the damn big fish. You know, I'm one that's not gonna, I don't settle. I don't hold back. I'm not going to just fucking, I'm not going to let life dictate for me where I should go anymore. I'm going to dictate for myself where I should be going. Right. Right. So it's not by chance. Yes. Right. Where I feel like, again, that the 10 years has been great. The 10 years has taught me a lot, but I've been, I've been letting things come and I haven't been going after them necessarily aside from this, again, this past year, this past year, I went for things. So, so for me, I'm like, there's no, when it, to me, to get to where I want to be by 35, there's no educational barriers, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have my certificate, my degree, my freaking masters. I mean, could I get my PhD? Who knows? Maybe. Do I want to right now? Definitely not. I don't think, I don't think I need it, but who knows right so education wise there's no barriers right that's one piece education wise there's no barriers nope what are you going to do with it because I agree one in 300 I mean that's incredible you are going to have this master's you have your you have your certifications yeah and if your certifications sit on a wall somewhere they're useless so (laughs) what is that going to open up for you yes well that's the real question first and foremost, I think just networks and connections, Okay. right? First and foremost, like the fact that even in New York, I think, especially in New York, um, the clout and the prestige that this school has, let alone the masters in branding has like the fact that, that these, these agencies and these studios and these people, because of Debbie's reputation, come to the school, come to our class to work with us specifically. That already is going to be like, there's no price tag attached to that, right? Like that's just invaluable. So already I know that like getting my name out there and putting myself forward and being a part of this honors program in January to work with a real brand client. Um, Do you know who it is yet? No, my God. When you find out, I'm dying. I'm dying. (laughs) I'm still floored that this year was the Sundance film festival. Like, like what the fuck anyway? So it's just wild, but like that already bar none is going to be a huge open door right? Like it's, it's not even like, there is no door. This is a freaking archway that I can just run through because of all like the connections and the networks when school's done though, even having that like name on a resume, master's in branding, school of visual arts on a resume, on my portfolio, the letters after my name, I can put MPS after my name, which is 
amazing. Like even just those like technical things to yeah. signify and signal yeah. to the world, like this is who I am. And this is the caliber of education I have, but, but obviously much deeper than that is like just everything that I'm learning this year. Okay. So now I'm going to, I am not taking the wind out of your sails. I promise. Please push back. If this feels hurtful, Mm -mm. you don't know what I'm going to (laughs) say. What I'm going to say is just like you are one in 300, there are 299 other people who are going to have these connections, who have these letters, who are going to meet these people, who are going to network with them, who are going to be at the table. What makes you different? What's going to make you different from the other 299 who have this beautiful certificate and the letters on their name in a portfolio? What makes you different? I don't settle. Okay. What else? I agree. I have big, I, I have big ambition. I already... I see between me and a bunch of other classmates, I'm applying what I know. There we go. You know, I'm relentless in the pursuit of like just brand and branding and business and making these connections and making these things work. You know, like I'm, I'm, it's such a, I know it's such a cop out to be like, oh, well, none of them are me, but it's like, but they're, but they're, they're not because again, I can see myself, I can see myself actually doing it. I can see myself actually following through with things. You know, I'm not going to settle and sit and wait and let life come to me anymore. Right. I'm going to pursue it. Right. And I'm going to make those connections and I'm going to gorge myself (laughs) at the table. So that That matters more or the same amount than your letters. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Okay. The letters are just I, a signifier. The education is one piece. What yeah. I want to make sure is that that those letters, yes, they do speak for themselves, but also even though there are only 300 of you, there are 299 other people saying my letters speak for themselves. And mm-hmm. I want you to be going, I have the letters and I am relentless in the pursuit of brand excellence. I am relentless in the pursuit of following through. I am living by choice. I am not waiting for these things to come to me. So I I think this idea of fullness that like, I am going to taste every single thing on that table and I'm going to introduce myself to every single person because guaranteed of these 300 people with these credentials, there are a handful who are going to wait in the corner for somebody to come to them. And that's not you. That ain't me. Not anymore. I ain't waiting for shit. I'm tired of waiting. Can you put that on a t-shirt? I ain't waiting for shit. (laughs) Hell no. I ain't waiting for shit. I've done my waiting. You've done your waiting. A la Harry Potter. I've waited 12 years. I've done my waiting. (laughs) No, I've done my fucking waiting. I've waited for other people to open the door. I waited for other people to tell me what I should be doing. I've waited for other people to tell me what I could be doing. I've waited for people's opinions and mm-mm. No more. tired of waiting. I'm not waiting not anymore. Enough. It's not good enough. Mm. Done. <gasps> Fucking done. Fucking done. Fucking done. I ain't waiting for shit. <laughs> I'm waiting for shit. I'm with you. What but, happens yeah. next? That's what I need help with. Okay. <laughs> Because I don't fucking know. Goosebumps. 
butterflies, and lightning bolts. That's how Amelia describes our time together. After every hour, we both leave having broken a sweat. And there is no better place to stop, no better cliffhanger than me asking, so Amelia, what happens next? And she responds, I don't fucking know. Stay tuned for part two of Amelia and my strategy and coaching session where we figure out what has to happen next. We get really specific. We talk about Drake. We talk about Oprah. We pull examples and we really dig into how Amelia is an expert, how she can show she is an expert, and how she wants to build these big brands and work with big names, and how her first step is to put herself first and be client zero. Please stay tuned for episode 47 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, where we wrap up this brilliant call with Amelia. And in the meantime, please follow up with Amelia. Join us on Instagram at the Amanda Wagner and let's fire her up because she is doing some amazing things. And we have this incredible community here at the Amanda Wagner. Please join us online. Send her some champagne bottles, some emojis, some congratulations, whatever you have in you. Let's pour gasoline on her fire and keep it going. Until next time, we will see you on the internet.